Good evening. Welcome to Prime Views Wednesday Night Bible Study. Uh, we're here today, uh, Brenda Meadows, I'm Anthony Meadows, and we're here to continue our series on transformation. Today we'd like to talk to you about transformation by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we don't have our uh, PowerPoint up today, so we'll just have to do it kind of old school. And we won't be with you long, so we need you to lock in, pay attention, come with an open heart and an open mind and an open Bible. <laughs> so let's have a word of prayer first. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank Lord, we God. thank you. We thank you for allowing us to honor, to open up your word and to share your word. We thank you for clarity of speech and thought. Holy Spirit, we lend ourselves to you today to use us. Lord, cause the hearers to be edified by this word which is spoken today. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. In Jesus Let everybody name. say, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. We're talking about transformation by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at uh, the apostles. And, you know, one of the saddest verses in the Bible is found in the aftermath after Jesus' arrest in Gethsemane Garden. Mm -hmm. You know, right, right after the uh, Last Supper, a lot of you might be familiar with. We, we'll look into it. But it's when the apostles that walked with Jesus for three years witnessed mighty miracles by his hands. And they also performed miracles and did works while they were with Jesus. Uh, at this particular time, when he needed them most, they all just they all just fled. They, as we said, they just booked, you know. And actually, he told them, you know, they were going to do this before it happened. And and they were, you know, denying it. And you know, oh no, not me. Especially Peter said, you know, I even died with you. And what would cause, you know, them to, you know, just, you know, being so powerful and then being so scared. We see this pattern, you know, kind of over and over again throughout the different gospel texts where the apostles uh, are even chided for, you know, their lack of faith and commitment, you know, uh, crossing the sea, uh, waking up Jesus. Hey, aren't you scared? We, we're about to die in here, you know. Uh, just different instances, and it was a reason why they were walking more in the sense realm instead of the spirit realm. And uh, we're going to look into, you know, what happened, what caused their transformation to them, all of them practically dying a martyr's death. I believe they all died a martyr's death, except for John, I believe, was the only one that didn't. But I, but I believe he was put in the boiling water. You know, and they uh, they spread the gospel that we preach today. Mm -hmm. You know, our foundation is the apostles' doctrine, Amen. their teaching, and you know they were taught at the feet of Jesus. So let's let's look at it. You know, uh, let's go to Mark chapter fourteen and verse thirty-four. It talks about the prayer. Mm -hmm. It says, "My soul." is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. 
this was, was Jesus going into the garden and he took, uh, was it Peter and yeah, his disciples with him to pray, he took three of them. And uh, he told them to watch, you know. And then in uh, verse 37, he returned and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you just watch for one hour? You know, and you know, like a lot of times you may even start listening to a Bible class or, you know, reading your Bible and fall asleep. And some people go to sleep listening to the Bible. And, you know, you kind of kind of watch that. The word of God is powerful. It's alive. And you don't want to use that as a, a sleeping pill. But we know that the word can still <laughs> go through you, you know, through your uh, subconscious hearing into your spirit. Because the word of God is spirit. It's a, it's a living organism. It's just not words thrown into the into the uh, air. And I think as we discussed on a previous uh, Bible study, you know, we're made in the image of God. Right. And God is a made us a walking, talking spirit. And that's what God does. He his word goes out and it accomplishes what he sends it sent it to do. Amen. So, you know, as we look through Mark, we would drop down in uh, verse 70, the denial. This is after, you know, uh, let, let me just lay a little foundation with this. Last supper, Jesus is telling his disciples what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to be betrayed. One of you will betray me. Uh, I must die. You know, and this was very hard for them to hear. Because you have to look at the backdrop of this time. They were under Roman occupation. And under that Roman occupation, the uh, chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees were kind of looking at Jesus as being a rebel because he wasn't going with the same uh, traditional things that they were teaching. Actually, he was demonstrating what he was teaching with power. Amen. He was healing people. They weren't. He was casting out demons. They weren't. Mm -hmm. So they said, you know, they even questioned by what name, you know, by what power do you do this? You know, they even called him a devil. Say he's doing this because he bells above, you know. So there was this strife going on in between the, uh, you know, like the high priest of the Jewish tradition and what Jesus was coming. But actually, Jesus was just fulfilling the scripture. And a lot of times he said, I must do this because it was written. And he was the only one that could fulfill it because he was God. He was fully man and fully God at the same time. Amen. And he was the only one. He was on his assignment. Mm -hmm. And while Jesus was with his disciples, now get this, while he was with them, they were able to do things. They were able to tap into that supernatural realm. Right. You know, he would told them, go out two by two. And, you know, and they went out and they did mighty things, and, you know, in, in the Father's name. And they were coming back and they were astound, astounded that even, you know, the demons were fleeing and, and mm -hmm. people were being healed and, right. and all this kind of stuff because he had given them the authority to do it. Amen. But now, at this point, 
that power source is talking about, I have to die and I'm getting ready to go. Right. And I'm going to go where you can't go. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the denial, um, Mark 14 and 70. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them. You are a Galilean. And then verse 71 says, he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know this man you are talking about. So we call that the denial because uh, he was denying Jesus at this time. And then we go to the aftermath. The aftermath verse actually comes before in, in Mark 14 and 50. And it says, then everyone deserted him and fled. So we see that all of the disciples deserted, deserted Jesus and fled. And then we go to uh, uh, Peter's transformation. Uh, Peter, he was beaten and imprisoned and commanded to never speak the name of Jesus again. We look at Acts 4 and 20. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen or heard. So now we see the first Peter denied Jesus. Now we see that he'll go to any lengths for Jesus. Okay, so now we have a question. And our question is, what caused the disciples to change from fear to boldness? And when we look at the disciples, let's also kind of look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. What empowered Simon Peter and the rest of the apostles to live with such boldness that they met martyrs' death? Mm -hmm. They did lay down their life for the gospel. Hmm. Okay, this is what happened. The Holy Spirit had come on the day of Pentecost. The same spirit that had raised Christ from the dead, giving them supernatural power, which is the same spirit that we believe and receive today. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. I, I missed that. <laughs> so the, the, the answer to the question is, uh, what caused them to go from fear to power? The Holy Spirit had come on the day of Pentecost. The same spirit that had raised Christ from the dead now lives in each of them. And it's a supernatural power, which is the same spirit that we believe and we receive today. So we receive the Holy Spirit today. And it's the same spirit that gives us power to overcome certain things in our lives as they as the same spirit that gave Peter the boldness that he need. Whereas before, when he walked with Jesus, as he mentioned before, that uh, Christ gave them the authority but they did not have the power at that time. So that's why he was running in fear and he denied Jesus the three times and that sort of thing because he didn't have any power to actually, to walk, to, to walk in that boldness to say, you know what, I will die for Jesus. But now since the Holy Ghost has come on the day of Pentecost, he can say that I will lay down my life for Jesus. And that just gave me another thought. Authority and power. If uh, we see 
a guy directing traffic out there and he has on a uniform or something and he does this, he has authority to do this, but does he have a power to stop a car? Actually, he cannot. That car will run him over, right? <laughs> but they also had power. Right. They had power and authority now. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference when you got the power backing up your authority. Right. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. And with the Holy Spirit residing in them, and we're going to look at how this happened. So let's let's take a little journey, and we're going to kind of digress a little bit from from that, and we're going to go to uh, Acts chapter one, a very familiar piece of scripture, and uh, we're going to start with, with verse one. The former trustees I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus. Be began both to do and teach until that day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given the commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen okay just a, a little backdrop the book of Luke and the book of Acts kind of one goes into the other it's kind of like mm -hmm. the second letter of Luke in the book of Acts. And uh, to show him to whom, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. Now you heard of the passion of Christ and that's after he had suffered, after he had died. By many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now they seen Jesus, you know, on the cross, uh, they seen that death. He was put in the tomb. And on the third day he rose. And he even walked in on them. And they seen him in his glorified sense. Because he actually came through the wall. Mm -hmm. And power. Power. <laughs> power. You know there's scripture that talks about he went into the lower parts of hell. And he received victory over death and the grave. And he, and he had the keys. He had not just the authority. He had the power. Mm -hmm. He had the power to over. We live in this natural sense realm. But to bring the spiritual realm into the sense realm. Amen. And uh, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise which the Father saith he. Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just going to stop right there on, on that. This is, they seen Jesus after the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing that they talk about, uh, and I'm not going to, that's another rabbit trail, but I'm not going to run down there. Uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, they said they seen some other people walking around resurrected. Right. So there, there was some power being released that came from the supernatural realm into the natural realm. Mm -hmm. Now, 
what would happen on Acts, and we're going to look at this chapter uh, 2 and verse 4, when they all be, were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came and made residence inside of them. Mm -hmm. And what's another word that we have for residence? Home. Right. Home is where the Holy Spirit resides in your heart, and it is a place of peace and comfort. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about the blood pumping organ, your heart, but I'm talking about the center of your being, the very spirit of man, the spirit that dwells on, that dwells inside of each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. You know what they say when they see a dead body, but they say a spirit has left him. Mm -hmm. And you know that we are a three-part being. We have, we are spirits mm -hmm. that have a soul, that's our mind, will, and emotion, and we live in a body. All right. And uh, in Colossians 1.27, it says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. This mystery. This mystery, which is Christ in you, home, mm -hmm. the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. When you see Christ, that's talking about the anointed Jesus. Christ speaks of that when there is an anointing, there is an empowerment and an ability. Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about authority and power. Now we're talking about that anointed ability. And it dwells inside of you, those of you that believe and have received. Amen. And just right now, because I know this is going to go out to people that know what I'm talking about and people that have no clue. Right. But I would ask that you all would just pause in this one second and just repeat after me. Lord, thank you for the realization. Lord, thank you for the realization. Right this very moment. Right this very moment. That you through your precious Holy Spirit. That you through your precious Holy Spirit. Live in me today. Lives in me today. Lead me. Lead me. And use me. And use me. For your glory. For your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is with this mindset that we want to stay conscious of what's going on. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay? Yes. Of who we are. Right. Jesus was telling his disciples mm -hmm. all along. Go ahead, Brenda. He was telling his disciples all along that I'm going to send back a promise for you. And the promises to your children, to you and your children and your children's children. And this promise is uh, one of the promises is found in John 14, 16 and 17. And it says, and I will ask the father and he will give me another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That advocate that he's talking about is the periclete of the Holy Ghost siding with you and partnering with you for help. Verse 17, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you 
and you will and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit resides in us. He resides in us to live in us, to be with us for the work for the work of the for the work of God. So that's one of the promises that we are promised by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want you guys to really hang on this. The last time we were before you, we said we brought forth that all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ. You know, everything God promises come to pass. It's one thing to get a, you know, to make a promise. But it's another thing to be a keeper of a promise. Right. Right. And God is a keeper of his promises. Right. Another promise that God offers us is Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of your sins, and you shall, not maybe, but you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this promise, as I spoke earlier, this promise is a promise that, that we can count on for aid and help. So... When we receive this promise, we're given the same authority that the apostles have. We're given the same power from the Holy Ghost that the apostles have. And sometimes we don't exercise the power that God has given us. And we can we can learn to exercise the power that God has given us through our words. We can declare some things. We can say some things. And we can, we, we can change atmospheres when we walk into rooms. So these are promises that God has promised us. In verse 39, it says, The promises for you and to your children, to all who are far off, and all to, and for all whom the Lord our God will call. Mm-hmm. So this, this promises keeps on going. God sent his word out, and it didn't die with after the uh, apostolic age. Right. It is still in effect today. Amen. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, mainstream religion that says, okay, well, all that stopped with the apostles. Right. Uh, we ourselves know that's not true. We still live in this spiritual realm until Jesus comes back or until we're caught up. Amen. You know, the New Testament. The Amen. New Testament. Amen. 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 And this is really what I want, want you to, wanted to get us to. And this is what caused them to really walk in this authority and can cause us to really walk in this authority. We've already shared this verse, but I want to put a a heading on top of it called a conscious awareness of the Holy Spirit in us. Mm -hmm. When you, you know, okay, you get a little older, you get aches and pains, right? And every time you step, you'll feel that pain. Say if you got something going on in your foot or your back hurt. You're aware my back is hurting. And it's kind of like it's, you know, it's conscious is in there. But how much more should we be aware of God dwelling on the inside of us when we move every day? Even when we hear that, even when we feel that pain, Mm -hmm. it goes beyond our feelings. Just think if we all walked every day with an awareness, God lives on the inside of me. Right. 
He sees everything I'm doing. We tend to, you know, get caught up in the minutia of the things that we're doing and lose sight that God is even with us. Because <laughs> what will betray us is what we say out of our mouth. Right. And knowing that he's given us the authority and the power because he put his spirit in us to partner with us to make this walk a life. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of us. There is no big eyes. There's no little U's. He's given every man the measure of his spirit and the measure of faith. A lot of times you hear people say, I need more of you, God. I need more of you. But that's not the right concept. We need to surrender more of ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Because he has, when the Holy Ghost fills you, he just don't give you just a little bit. Filled. <laughs> you know, Keep it's filled. <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. but if we don't have a conscious awareness of this, we think that we're lacking something because of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And circumstances is just a circle of stuff that we're standing in. Right? right? So we, we're not, we don't live by our circumstances. We live by God. We live by the word of God. And his spirit is word and life. And his spirit dwells on the inside of us. Amen. So that's, that dynamic should change the way that we see things. Right. And we see it happen with the apostles. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share this verse again. And I want you to listen to what he says. And this applies to us today. This is John 14, 16, and 17. The true promise keeper mm-hmm. has said this to you. Everyone that's listening to this, this is what God has said to you. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Mm-hmm. Even when you're doing what you shouldn't be doing. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Mm-hmm. A conscious awareness of the Holy Spirit in my everyday walking around getting up in the morning, going to work, going to the bathroom, everything I do, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside and he is with me. Mm-hmm. And I see my, my world view is from the lens of that position. Right, right. Spirit of truth, those words, spirit of truth. It says the world cannot accept him because they've neither seen him or know him. So when you think about the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth has come. The um, Jesus, he he sent back the Holy Ghost for us. And that is the spirit of truth that resides in us. So the world don't know this. This is the mystery. OK, this is something that God has given to the church for for our betterment. And he has given it to everyone. Everyone has not partaken because they haven't chosen to accept. 
but at the same time, it's there. It's available. So the spirit of truth is for us to live by. <laughs> you know, the world said, oh, it's my truth. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a popular saying nowadays. I'm living my truth. Mm -hmm. But there's only one truth. One truth. Yeah. It's one truth. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. So, so let's repeat this prayer. Lord. Lord. I have all of you that I will ever need. I have all of you that I will ever need. The real question. The real question. I must ask is. I must ask is. Do you have all of me? Do you have all of me? Search out my heart today. Search out my heart today. And reveal those parts of me. And reveal those parts of me. I have not yet given to you. I have not yet given to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. When you lay down your life, right? That's total commitment. Right. When you lay down your life. For for not for for one another. Mm. We're looking at the works of the Holy Spirit. It's to enlighten us. He's a teacher, he's a guide. Mm -hmm. He the Holy Spirit, this is from John 16 and 14. He the Holy Spirit will glorify me, for he will take what is, is of mine and declare it unto you. The Holy Spirit will, will teach us and show us the way we should go. Right. Remember this, you got a choice. You can, you can override him. And the Holy Spirit's not it. <laughs> you can override him. Actually, it's the spirit of Jesus, and you can override it mm -hmm. and do what you want to do mm -hmm. and get your own results. But there is no failure when you lean on those everlasting arms. Amen. When you put your trust in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Go ahead, you do this one. Identification of the Holy Spirit. So how do we identify with the Holy Spirit? Scripture says that um, in John 13 and 5, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So that's our identification. You know, we can identify this is a church of love. I, 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 I love Pineview for that. And we can we can know. We can identify the Holy Spirit by the love that we have for one another. So, and, and in that, you know, love is more than just words. Love is action. Anytime, anytime you hear the word love, if you don't see some action behind it, know that there's not really any love happening, okay? Love is an action word, and it moves us to have compassion on one another, to, to make sure that we are there for one another and, you know, meeting the needs of those that are in the body and those that are outside the body as well. Because um, we are the hands, the feet, and the eyes and the ears of God. And when we see a need, 
then that's when we're supposed to aid and help in any way that we can. You know, um, I just give this little testimony right here. I was at the library one day and um, I saw this young girl and she was on the computer and so, um, no, she was on her phone and she was talking and, you know, she was giggling and stuff and I was like, you know, she's so cute. And, and then the next thing I know, I saw this guy come in and he looked old enough to be her dad. But then, you know, he was cooing up to her, not like a dad. And so, you know, I just kind of paid attention to it and everything like that. And then as I, as I watched, next thing I know, they were leaving out of the library. So me with my detective self, I followed. <laughs> I followed. And so I saw her get in the car with this, with this guy, and I didn't like that. And so I got the license plate, plate number, and I confess on camera, I, I called 911. You know, because sometimes all good men need to do in order for evil to prevail is nothing. And so I called 911, and they uh, got a license plate, followed the guy or whatever, and then they called me back, and they said, you just stopped something that was really serious that was about to happen. They let me know. And I was just grateful to God that I had the boldness, mm -hmm. the boldness to just call and just to, just to stop that. It, it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me, but I could not stand by and see that baby hurt, you know? And so, so that's what, and, and that's what the prompting of the Holy Ghost will do for us, you know? He will let us know when things are not right, when, 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 some, when we need to step in and, and do something about the situation that we see. Yes. So that's the identification of the Holy Spirit as well. It's our, love is our uniform. Amen. When you, when you see us, as Christians, our, our identification, how you can tell us from anybody else, is our love walk. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Right. And it takes the Holy Spirit empowering us to walk in that love. Mm -hmm. Because we don't love because we feel like it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Right. Right. Takes the Holy Spirit empowering us. So that brings us to unlimited power. 2 Corinthians 10.13 says, But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigns to us to reach even to you. So that's that like, like I felt like that was an assignment that day that God had assigned to me for, you know, to, to help that young lady. So, so in, in un, having unlimited power with the Lord, it says, but we will not boast beyond limits. So it's not anything for us to boast in, in and of ourselves, mm -hmm. but we'll boast only with regard to the area of influence that God has assigned us. And, you know, we, we have in, in today's society, we have what, we, what are called a lot of influencers. And, you know, what I see of the influence is not what we used to call, you know, really influence. Influence used to be to the point to where you saw someone do something good and you aspired to do that. Now, 
it can be somebody dancing, it can be somebody in fashion, it can be it can be pretty much anything for people to be influenced by. And it's not to say that that's something bad or anything like that. It's just the different age that we live in right now. So we have to be mindful of how we're influenced. It, you know, are we influenced just and enticed just with just with you know Facebook itself? You know, because that's something that we can get on there and we can just be enthroned just for hours, you know, just looking and watching, you know, but how you have to ask yourself, how is that going to benefit me? Will that benefit me? Did, did, did I get anything? Did I learn anything? Did I, did it challenge me in any way? And did, did I come away with something that I can use for my life? So remember, influence should be something that you can take away that, that has influenced you to a point to where it wants, it, it, you want, it want, you want it to make an impact in your life so that it can be for the betterment of others, yourself and others. Amen. And here we go back to Acts again in verse uh, 8. Unlimited power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. You shall be influencers. Mm -hmm. Influencers. Right. He didn't, they, they weren't, he said that after they received power. Mm -hmm. you, you, do you really hear that? After you receive power, then you have some influence. Right. To do what? It's right up there on the wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the great command. And as we say, our motto is to go love, right? Mm -hmm. After you receive power. Right. And this is this is what happened. They received power. Right. Right. Receive the Holy Spirit. Luke 11 and 13. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It is simply that easy. Just, just for the asking, God will give it. It's, we don't have to make this spooky or we don't have to make this challenging or anything like that. The Bible simply said, ask him. So if there's someone that does not have the infilling of the Holy Spirit, ask him. Just ask him. Just simply ask, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Show me what this Holy Ghost is all about. Because, see, the Holy Ghost comes to lead, to guide, to teach, to comfort in, in, in all those areas. He, he, sometimes, you know, we have ministers here that teach, but at the same time, we're not with, with you 100% of the time. So therefore, having the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will teach you. Uh, Brother Nathaniel and I, we were talking and he was saying how he was fixing something. And I said, and my husband said, wow, that's something else you can add to your resume. And I was like, have you ever not known how to do something? And then the Holy Spirit just shows you how to do it. 
And, and you, you had no clue as to how you got that done, but just through the power of the Holy Ghost, he just came and taught you just simply how to do that thing that you needed him to teach you. And that's what the Holy Spirit is for. It comes to teach us, to lead us and guide us into all truth. In the book of Acts, we see when uh, the day of Pentecost had came and the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were gathered in one place, in one accord. They had listened to what Jesus had said about wait till you be endured with power from on high. And they were, they were expecting, they had an expectation. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm jumping a little ahead, but they had a little, they, they had a great expectation. That God would do what he said he would do. Right. Imagine if uh, somebody died and we see him walk back in here. You know, we would be, you know, like really astounded, right? Imagine if we seen somebody's limb grow back. God is in the healing business. Do we have an expectation to see the supernatural? Do we have an expectation to see God move in the lives of the people that come when they come to us, when they come, you know, when they come to church? Do we come in here with an expectation that God will be with us? Or do we have a program, sing a few songs, you know, listen to a good word, good encouraging word? And come back next week, do the same thing. Or do we come here with an expectation right. that we will meet God corporately? Mm -hmm. See, because I always say this. I don't come to church looking for an anointing. I bring one with me. Amen. I bring it and bring it together with my brothers and sisters and corporately. And expect. And we, I expect the presence of God to dwell with us because he's already dwelling with us Amen. you know and then and then we see things happen whenever we taught the lesson when people got in unity mm -hmm. like they, they were praying in Acts chapter 2 they were unified of purpose right. and look what happened mm -hmm. when Peter was put in the jail because he preached in Jesus name and he was beaten and they prayed him out of jail they were praying with purpose and unity. And we should be praying like that for one another. Right? right? That's why prayer is so important. We need to come with an expectation. Because these things belong to us. Because we're not natural people. The Bible says we're born again believers. Mm -hmm. Want to read that? Born again believers. Um... Oh, this is John chapter three, John three, three through five. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse four, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born? Verse five, Jesus answered. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water 
and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And you remember how Jesus had to go back to the disciples and open up their understanding of the scriptures. There, unless the spirit of God teach you, you won't get the revelation. Amen. They'll just be words in a book. So you can't even comprehend the things of God without the spirit of God. And God is always calling us to draw, draw to him. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, Jesus said you must be born again. And how did they follow this out? What Jesus said. So we look at Acts 2 verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with in one place with one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were all sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so this was the initial outpouring of the holy spirit And every time in the book of Acts where you see someone receiving the Holy Spirit, it is accompanied by with with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And also you see the people following into baptism if they weren't baptized Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. So we can expect the unexpected. So in in expecting the unexpected, sometimes when we... um, go into a new area that we've never been in or or in receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, I remember my experience, you know, I I knew I, I could hear myself speaking in a heavenly language, but I know my brain wasn't doing it. So and that's how I equate it. So so when you when you're expecting the unexpected by receiving the Holy Spirit, it might be something that you've never experienced before, but at the same time, it's nothing to be afraid of. It is the Spirit of God coming to dwell in you. Amen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. This is our last um, slide, if we would have had slides. But this is our last uh, verse. It says, um, where is this one found? I believe it's though I speak in Corinthians. Yes, first Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. So in all of this, we have to speak in love, we have to act in love, we have to show love. This is this is listening to the Holy Spirit as we said earlier. You know, when you're listening, when you're listening for directions, you're you want to make sure that you follow those directions sometimes to the letter, because the Holy Spirit, he he is, you know, most people say, oh, Holy Spirit, not talking anymore. Holy Spirit is always talking. But are we always listening? That's the key. So he's always he's he's right here with us, always talking, always leading us, always guiding us. It's up to us to yield ourselves and surrender ourselves to make sure that we are listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And love. 
like I said, our uniform is to be clothed in love and walk in love. Mm -hmm. And that's how they'll know. And your conscious awareness, have that conscious awareness. Yes. Try not to let it. I used to wear a little, you know, they had those, what would Jesus do? Wristbands. <laughs> you know, I would, I would put something around my wrist or a screensaver on my phone to remind me, you know, because you can get caught up in, this, in the world and things going on, but to remind me of who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, don't let go of your identity. Amen. Remember when Jesus was tempted, he was tempted when uh, Satan tempted and said, if thou be the son of God, mm -hmm. you know, he was coming after his identity. When Amen. Adam was tempted, Amen. he was coming after his identity. Right. Say, you will be like God if you do this. He was already like God. He was a walking, talking spirit. Amen. He walked and talked with God. Amen. You know, whatever Adam said it was, then it was, that's what it was. He's coming after our identity. Right. Because of who, how you see yourself. Don't see yourself through the world's lens that you got to, you know, look a certain way. You got to uh, have certain clothes. You got to have these things in your bank account. That's not the way we should see ourselves. Right. When you meet a person, well, and you meet them and they say, well, I work for such and such. That's not your identity. Who are you? Who are you? I'm retired. No, no. Who are you? And that whole purpose of our identity is to be a witness of God living on the inside of us. Amen. When somebody meets you, they should know. I'm not saying he that wins souls is wise. Right. Okay, because you can run people off. That's you true. have to know how to use wisdom. Yes. But they should know after they get to know you that you're a person that God lives on the inside of you. Right. Not mm -hmm. to say that you're better than anybody, but it should say that you love. Right. That you love and let that be your identity. And that's what we've been called as a body to do is to go love. Amen. Thank That's you. a good drop right there. Amen. Let's pray okay. us out. <laughs> Father, we thank you. As you did for your, your apostles, and they were our examples, we surrender our life to you today. Thank you. Lord, we ask that those that are listening to this and, and watching this, that they would be edified to walk in love, know who they are in Christ, Walk in the victory that Christ has won for them. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.